You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Okay, well, uh, the start of another year, and uh, to celebrate the start of another year, we've got new blood, we've got fresh blood in the water. Uh, so, uh, the assembled gathering here, Ivan, Ivan has texted 15 times and said that he, uh, he's, don't be too shocked and disappointed, but he can't make it this week, he's on furlough down at Queenscliff, I don't know what in the hell he's doing, he's just been on furlough over in the Middle East. But he uh, insisted that he couldn't come in and uh, could we get by without him. So all the best to you, Ivan. Uh, Sue Stanley, OAM, is here with us. Um, and I hope that's pissed off the person who said stop calling her OAM. So we'll be doing that continually. And we've got uh, Richard Wilsoncroft, who is from, uh, he is from, the, he's the Muff Man. Uh, Muff being an acronym, I uh, won't explain what Muff means, I will. Melbourne Underground Film Festival, he's the Muff Man. Dick is the Muff Man. But the new, uh, the new blood in the room is a, a, an eminent, uh, an eminent physician. He's a, um, he's a... Um, Carpenter. No, <laughs> fuck me. What, like Jesus. What did I say he was? An orthopaedic surgeon, and he, uh, Don had retired him because he said he had the shakes, uh, which uh, I'm so staggered that the, um, the doctor didn't sue him for that because it was a tongue-in-cheek uh, offering by Don. And, um, but uh, he is in the studio with us. He's quite a correspondent with us, and he gives us good tips and good information. And he is Barney McCusker from Mount Gambia. So welcome, Barney. Thank you very much for having me, Sam. It's very, very kind. I've been turning up to your shows for a quarter of a century. I do have an ability to uh, make you cranky at these shows. I hope that's not today. I hope I've improved. But uh, we'll see, because I've got a few questions without notice, but we'll get to them. Well, good on you, Doc. Well, uh, uh, if you can end up making me cranky, uh, (laughs) you'll be doing well. Uh, Well, it wouldn't be hard, to be honest. Uh, So just before we start then, we'll we'll just do the shout-outs, just because uh, Doc Fordham, uh, Dr Ben Fordham, MD, he says... Lord Fordham. Lord Fordham, well done, Lord Fondleroy. He says, never do the shout-outs first, they're not important, Uh, do them at the end of the show, people are only tuning in to listen to what we might have an opinion about. So, as the doc's not here and can't shout at us, um, we we had to shout-out to a woman called Janet. Uh, You told me, uh, Janet, uh, Sue Stanley OAM, she came, we can't remember who she is or where she is or where we met her or I met her. You always say, I'm going to give you a shout-out, but he never. And he goes, oh, I must write it down. And then he's forgotten to write it down and I remembered Janet, but I can't remember the other half that he actually At did. At our age, you write everything down. <laughs> well, that's, that's all right, uh, uh, Doc, but if you're just out and about and you haven't got a pad on, uh, on hand. Anyhow, Janet, you will know who you are. Good on you, Dale. And um, then... Damien Burke, who was an ex-Geelong footballer, a very good footballer, and went up to play for the um, Greater West Sydney, an excellent exponent of ruck work. He, he said that George Casimatis, Casimatis, 
He's, par- he's a partner in a law firm. I'm not sure if uh, he'd like us to mention the law firm. The law firm, I'd say, what the hell's George listening to this shit for? <laughs> um, but he's from Gallant Business. Law. Gallant Law or Gallant. Gallant Law. Gallant Law. Is that Ga- right? Gallant Law. And he listens to the podcast and so does his daughter, Lauren. Well. So I'm sending a shout-out to George and Lauren and Janet and Michael Christian menswear.com who was just in here made a guest appearance last week and god weren't we so lucky that uh, michael christian came in and gave us the benefit of his repartee and fantastic and he's back now in tasmania but he says he hasn't got any shout outs today but there's only 11 caps left with don scott's signature on them and no more coming no more coming because don's not coming he's put his pen away he's put everything away and uh, so these have become, and we're s- we, we don't hear much from Kate Save these days, but B-Fit Food, we are still a great devotee of B-Fit Food. So we're sending a shout-out to all those people, uh, and uh, well done to everyone. Now, I don't know, you, you mightn't want to be involved in a lot of this, uh, Doc, this might do your <laughs> reputation. Might, uh, but could I just say this for a start? Say you were a fuckwit, That's and so- say you were the ABC... Mm-hmm. But I repeat myself. Yep. What is wrong with that station? Did you Everything. see? Did you see the disgraceful depiction of New Year's Eve with that indigenous crap they carried on with? How many times do they have to be told we've had the yes and no vote, a resoundingly beaten the yes vote? They go on with absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. They have delusions, delusions of adequacy. That uh, station, they are. We pay for that station, mm-hmm. and the crap they carry on with, uh, they are so arrogant and smug and pompous that they think they're relevant about what they portray and what they spew out about what's going on on the planet. I don't know how many times uh, the public have to tell them that we're not interested in uh, watching on New Year's Eve uh, indigenous dancers uh, belittle uh, the day. Uh, mm. Saying it's in uh, what is wrong with them? Uh, but besides, anyhow, uh, that we'll, we'll, we'll just um, uh, and well, we'll I, I, I'll tell you, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say this about them. This is William Allen White. William Allen White said this, and I remember this because you can see I'm not reading it, and I've said this before. And this is this could have been written about the ABC. With pig's eyes that never look up, a pig's snout that only knows muck, a pig's brain that only knows the sty, and a pig's squeal that only cries when it's hurt. They sometimes open their pig's mouth, turked and ugly, and let out the voice of God, railing at the whitewash that covers the manure about their habitat. William Allen White said that about someone, and he could have said it about the ABC. They are a completely... Uh, it's completely uh, irrelevant organisation that spew out shit about this great country we live in and try to divide it at every turn. And if you're part of the ABC, you are a fuckwit. Yep. Well, I can't comment on any of that because no. my wife and I were well and truly in bed, asleep, looking at the back of our eyelids uh, at that hour of the night. So I don't know what happened. Well, they had a, they had a they had a preliminary. Uh, preliminary uh, fireworks display, but before the fireworks display, they'd already degraded the country that they live mm. in by having some indigenous uh, song or 
indigenous dance uh, performed by second-rate actors and second-rate uh, performers. Uh, but I notice a, uh, but it's all turning. A lot of councils and a lot of organisations are now pushing back on the welcome mm. to country, saying it is completely irrelevant. It's mm. not disrespectful. It is just not relevant. Mm. We are one country, and I notice a woman, a group called the Emily James Trio, has brought out a very, very uh, catchy song called Don't Welcome me to my own country very nice song mm. now people are starting to push back on this we're just all one nation and wait till uh, the 26th comes up australia day uh, and of course settlement day and wait for all the people to come out of the woodwork all the afl clubs who said it's a disgrace and we've overtaken and overrun Everyone on this planet, everyone in this state, everyone in this country wouldn't be where we are today if someone hadn't sailed up a river exactly. and finally made this country what it is today because there was nothing here before it. And exactly. we hope everyone who was here before us and everyone who's come since are all one people and stop telling us we are a divided nation because we're not. And if you keep pushing it, you'll just show how acronistic you are. See, what I'd say about the ABC is I'm a Scotsman. And it costs each one of us 12 cents a day, and I want to get some value for money. I look on the ABC as a recalcitrant tr child that I'm not going to give up on, and I want to continually improve it. It is very frustrating. For example, if you watch the ABC like Insiders, what you will see every week is you will see the same small cohort of people uh, from Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra. When they took the show to Tasmania a couple of years ago, they took all three panellists from the mainland. They mm. could not find one panellist in Tasmania who could speak and give us a perspective from Tasmania. So there are bits of the ABC... There are bits of the ABC that are very good, like uh, Landline yes. and things like that. Mm -hmm. But there are also bits of the ABC that could improve. And as mm. I said... I don't want to give up on the ABC. It's costing me money. I want to improve them. It's yeah. become vastly politi politicised in the last... Totally. You know, I mean, it was always, in the 80s, it was still a little bit political leaning to the left. But, you know, it's become so much more so that it's become a kind of uh, an engine of propaganda for, like, this kind of, like, new woke, which is not... You know, this woke politics, this identity politics and all this stuff is not particularly popular with people. I'd say it's only popular with 10, 20% of the population, but they push it onto everybody as a kind of cultural engineering exercise. And you've got to say, why, Sam? The, the cringeworthiness of it is that they are arrogant enough to think they're relevant. And they're not. They're just they're an irrelevant little clique of mm -hmm. people who push out this nonsense and think that they're virtuous enough in their own little echo chamber and no one gives a crap about them. Oh, well, we give well, a crap give about them because it's so obviously, so obviously mm. twisted down to suit a particular agenda. That's right. It comes out of Altamo. There are 4,500 uh, journalists around Australia for the ABC. The vast majority of them are actually good, decent people who you can have a conversation with. But it comes out of Ultimo, and if you don't... And they, they'll tell you, if it doesn't come out of Ultimo, it doesn't matter. So really, Ultimo has to change. And the other... I mean, a year or so ago, they wanted to move Ultimo, I think it was 26 k's up the road to uh, wherever, and they had to get external people in to convince the staff at Ultima that they needed to move. I mean, basically what you do with that situation is you get the desk, you move it up there and say, that's your job, and if you don't want it, there's going to be someone else at your desk. I mean, the Ultimine really needs to uh, look at itself. I mean, if you look at Ultimine and take, mm -hmm. uh, for example, they, they do... 
they they look at them and say, uh, who do you vote for uh, anonymously? And 40% of the people at Ultimo in one uh, survey were green voters. Now, the, mm-hmm. the population of green voters in Australia is about 10%, 9 to 10%. But when 40% of Ultimo is green well, voters, then that is an imbalance. And there's not a single show on the ABC that's conservative, not a single one. No. I mean, you know, I mean, couldn't they have just have one? You know what I mean? Because every other show is like, you know, left-leaning. Every other news and politics. They couldn't have one conservative show? If you look at... And I look at them both, all right? Yeah. I look at... I read all the papers. SBS is the, the same, too. The... the, the if you look at them both, I look at Sky, I look at uh, ABC, so two ends of this parameter. Yep. On Sky, for example, uh, when we were talking about The Voice, you had uh, Joe Hildebrand and yep. you had Chris Kenny, who were for the yes vote, mm-hmm. and you had others who were for the no vote. There was a balanced discussion. On the ABC? No, that, that wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, they would never have Sam on Q&A, for example. You know? oh, no. Have you been on Q&A before? No. The drum? No. Insiders? Ever no, had an no. invitation? No. No. Uh, along with uh, Janet Albrechtson. She hasn't been on for years. Now, that's someone who could do them a, a world of good if they had her on, but they won't have her on. They keep the Overton window, which is like the kind of spectrum of conversation, to a very you know, thin minimum. Go ahead, sir. Righto, we've given them a kicking. Now, now so, so just on a lighter note, uh, Doc, I know you've got some uh, very, very nicely come prepared because the person who used to sit in that chair came with fuck all for four years. Uh, but anyhow, you've come... Just first of all... Did you make, because I only asked this question for a reason, did you make a New Year's resolution? What is a New Year's resolution? I'd never make New Year's resolutions. Because one thing I would like to happen this year is to get Don back in this seat around the but table. But that's not, see, that's, that's a, out of a, a wish or a hope is not, uh, hoping, a New Year's resolution, I hope I win Tats Lotto, that is not a New Year's resolution. A wish and a hope is not a New Year's resolution. It's something that you're going to apply. I'm not speaking to you specifically. It's something that someone applies themselves specifically to do with their own life or attitude. That's a New Year's resolution. So have you got one? Do you want to be a more moderate and sensible person or do you want to be... Or more uh, careful driver or... I'll uh, continue taking the advice of my wife who is a very, very sensible woman. Is that a resolution? That's a resolution. No, that's, that's a, a yearly resolution. Yeah, that, that, Every that is year a, I do that. That's an hourly I've resolution. Done, I've done Doc. that for the last yeah. 40, 42 years and, and it's yeah. always worked. Yeah, that's it's always right. worked. In fact, my wife and I have... Uh, we, we separate what the choices are. I mean, I make all the little decisions or, or no, no, she makes all the little decisions like mm. whether we buy a new house or a new car yeah. or a fur coat and I make all the really big decisions pertaining to the McCusker family, whether we make peace with China, war with Russia, whatever. And that has always worked for 40 mm. odd years mm-hmm. and that's the resolution. Someone said you had a I'm full doing. set of Encyclopedia Britannica but you sold them the day you got married because... <laughs> Your Didn't wife had everything she could, uh, every bit She's of information. She's a wonderful woman. What? She's a wonderful I'll woman. I'll take your word for it, Doc. I've not, not met her. Now, now uh, Dick. Yes. Thank you, Dick. Did you uh, have a New Year's resolution? Now, so he, uh, the Doc is uh, being guided by the missus. What about you? Yes, I, I, you know, I, I make uh, New Year's resolutions sometimes and uh, you know, I often wonder how long it takes for me to break them. You know what I mean? Sometimes the, it's a week. But that's the point. Yes, well, what, what, what would be one that you... 
Oh, you know, I mean, to get a bit healthier, you know what I mean? To uh, exercise more, uh, lose weight, do things like this. You well, know, that's, um, that can be a resolution. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. You know, I mean, I often have resolutions along those lines, you know, because, uh, you know, I mean, I was quite a thin guy when I was in my 20s, you know, and now I'm in my early 50s. And, the, you know, my, my diet's basically stayed the same, but my metabolism has clearly changed. So, you know. Uh, I won't ask you about your diet, Doc, at the minute. <laughs> you've, uh, you've, you've, you've had I've a big, trained off a bit. You've had a big summer. Yeah, well, it's all muscle. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm a swimming. So, so I, I got a feeling that you weren't a New Year's Eve reveller, as as I wasn't, and I don't know about Sue Stanley OAM, but I was in bed, didn't even wake up for the fireworks. So I don't know what Sue was doing. Uh, but uh, I was asked to go to a. Uh, I was asked to go to a. Uh, I, I did have something on. Prior to it, so mm. I couldn't go. But the um, Dick here from yes. the Muff, he 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 had a big. Was it a hellfire? What was it? You had a big shindig going on. Dick. It was uh, yeah, a, a party in South Yarra in this guy's big um, kind of house. Carl Howell, he's got this big kind yes, of mansion. Carl, yeah, and you've probably met him. And um, you know, he has a big party. It's Frank a kind there. Of great Gatsby. Frank Housen was there. The great um, Gatsby. A whole Gosh. bunch of people. Dominic Barbuto, and if you know him, uh, how many were there, Dick? And what what happened? Were there analgesics? Uh-huh. Involved, oh, there were all kinds of things. Glenn Waterston was there. He used to work at Heat. Do you remember the two yes, Glens who I ran do, Heat? Yeah, yeah. There you go. So he was there, and uh, you know, it was a, it was a big big party. They have a you know, it's kind of a great Gatsby kind of thing. They have a band, they have a staffs, free drinks all night. So everyone got drunk. You know, free um, drinks. Who paid for the gig then? Carl, you know, he advanced, did he put it on? He put the whole oh, thing on. Shit. So everyone ends up shindig. in the pool. There was a water feature. We always wonder who's going to fall into the water feature, you know. But some people were going out to the tennis court and, you know. It was Did you kind have of to book big... for the toilets? Um, <laughs> take a number, I think. <laughs> yes, that's always the best thing. Did you ha- anyone get turned over up in top of, top of the top, in some of the top rooms in the beds or anything? Well, look, you know, I mean, I think they do have someone keeping an eye on the place because it's quite a big place. But uh, I think mm. everybody was mostly well behaved, you know. I've been to this party a few times. Mostly well-behaved. That's like that old uh, euphemism in the States when they said they're mostly mostly peaceful demonstrations. Mostly peaceful. When they're burning down half the city and uh, people are uh, shooting the coppers and driving cars into crowds. Mostly peaceful demonstrations. I'm still sort of recovering from it two days later, so let's just say that is the case. All right, well, uh, so so that was that, Doc. Now, did you notice, uh, tell me about this. Uh, you, you'll know this, seeing as you're a medical man. Can a person uh, migrate, um, mig- not mine, but the generally accepted theories that a leopard never changes its spots, they only get bigger or smaller. I noticed a gentleman called Abdul Nasser Barinka. He says he's a changed man. He wanted to bomb the uh, uh, MCG uh, crowd and uh, they put him, incarcerated him, and he's been let out, and he said, no, I'm a changed man. Is it possible? So you'd take his word for it, wouldn't you? He I, would say that, wouldn't he, if he, you were he released? He would say that, as you Mandy Rice-Jones once said. Hmm? He would, uh, Mandy Rice-Jones said that too. That's right. He would say that. Um, <laughs> I, I believe in people, I believe in redemption. I was brought up a Christian. I believe in redemption. I believe in giving people a second chance. But I also believe in monitoring them. And if he's a changed man, then we also need to give him a chance but monitor him. Whether that is true or not, we will, we will see. Why can't we just deport these people, you know what I mean, who's so obviously hostile to, a, to our nation and country? Uh, it depends if he's an Australian citizen. Yes, that's right. And uh, we have a constitution, which uh, we had a, a vote a few months ago not to change, and we stick very much by that constitution. Would, would he, uh, yeah, well, that's right. If he's an Australian citizen, Mr. We have to deal Mr. with our Abdul. own problems. Uh, so he, he, so man, I heard she said Mandy Rice Davis, 
Mandy Rice Davies. Not a lot of people would remember Christine Chris, Keeler and Christine Mandy Keeler. Rice Davies, who uh, I think upended John Profumo. Profumo, that's right. He was tampering around with um, their Bristol areas and were, their, they, their uh, minge. They were sharing with a uh, Russian yeah. diplomat. That's right. They were, and um, I remember. I remember. I can remember this. This came out in one of the glossy men's magazines. They had a picture of Christine Keeler sitting with her legs astride mm. a chair with nothing on, but the back of the chair covered up the minge. And then the next week, Mandy Rice Davies was in the same. It was in a chair in a pair of brief bikinis, but she had her legs astride. But you could see uh, her groin, but of uh, course it was covered by. And we thought the the impression that Mandy that uh, Christine Keeler was sitting there with nothing on, with her legs apart, uh, but hidden by the back of the chair, was pretty exciting. But it was much more exciting when you could see actually the groin, but it was covered by the bikinis. I, I never saw the second shot. Everyone saw the. The Christine Keeler yes, shot. Yes, no, and she, w- she wanted to top, if you could pardon the expression, she wanted to top Christine, so she came out with the more explicit, which <laughs> I thought it was more explicit, because, uh, you know, they, uh, anyhow, that, that was just, a, uh, by the way. And now, um, uh, so... Uh, uh, go it's on. a question time. You go ahead. Uh, we've got a hundred things to speak he'll, about. He'll probably regret this, but it might be question time. Go ahead. The um, now this podcast goes out to seventy thousand people a week. Well, we we uh, we take Podbean's Pod is it Podbean season? Podbean goes on. So goes on to all platforms. So there's a lot of people who take your advice, not only uh, because of your elderly wisdom. Can you tell the people out there seventy thousand when they're looking at securing their house? Is there a particular uh, security screen that they could put on the front door, which you would recommend. I, I'm thinking in particular a security screen that was plumber-proof because there was a time in your life yeah. where you came across a security screen that was not plumber-proof and uh, Susan OAM is looking at me rather quizzically and thinking, what the hell is he talking about? I think, Sam, you, you might need to fill out that story. Yeah, no, well, thank you, Doc. Yes, no, this is well. That's a Dorothy Dixer. This is well documented. I was inside. I was inside with, uh, well, I was a heterosexual. I still am. Uh, <laughs> so I ha- had a woman inside um, my house uh, many years ago, many many years ago, and uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, she happened to be the girlfriend of a bloke who broke into my uh, th- through the doors of my house, Mick Hamill. Hey, but and he, uh, I'd been down the front of my house. Um, I'd had a couple of drinks. I'd had a lot of drinks. In fact, I was fly blown, and I was sitting down uh, down the front of my house, um, having, uh, we'll say, having exercised the option with the girl, and uh, we were having the obligatory cigarette after it. Except I had a drink instead of a cigarette, and there was a loud crash on the door, and um, and the woman said, "Don't answer it." And I thought, "Why wouldn't I answer it? Uh, it's my house." So I staggered up and. Uh, Staggered up to the front door and um, I opened the door and luckily I have one of those security doors uh, which has wire and mesh and bars and shit and locks on it. And I was about to say, um, he's, this bloke said, um, Mick, it was, Mick Hamill. He said, is Cheryl there? And I said, I remember thinking to myself, well, that's her name, is it? <laughs> and um, he, uh, he, he, I was about to say, uh, 
in as coherently as I could because I was absolutely <laughs> fucked. And um, uh, I was about to say, did you want to speak to Cheryl? And he punched me through the security door. He did. He and um, broke my nose. Uh, had it, I had it riding side saddle for <laughs> over, under, under one of my ears. And as I fell to the ground, now, as I f- you won't believe this, but this I is do. true. As I fell to the ground, I thought, if I survive this, I'll get in touch with that security <laughs> company. What's the point of having a security door that someone can punch you through? <laughs> so I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any uh, camera or anything, and if I had, I wouldn't have been able to because I couldn't even focus on it. Anyhow, that, that ended up me being taken to the Epworth Hospital at four in the morning and uh, having a complete face reconstruction. And I've always said I've had a face, I've had re-surgery to get my nose back in front of my eyes for a start. And uh, so uh, to cut a long story short, uh, Doc, I didn't have any uh, camera installed in my house. And had I had a camera, I probably would have still opened the door because I didn't realise that the girl I was with was the partner of the bloke who knocked on the door. So, so the question is, when you took young, a young lady back to her house late afterwards, in the years afterwards, did you always check out the security screen and to see if it was of a suitable nature or if, if it wasn't, you'd say, sorry, honey, must be going, you know. <laughs> does, is this, did this affect your, uh, your delivery? Doc, uh, I, I, I know this is going to sound a bit basic, but... In the end, I gave uh, I gave my my member. I actually gave it a name because I didn't want most of my decisions being made by someone who I wasn't uh, didn't have I wasn't introduced to. So uh, my if I could, you know, my cock ended up being my uh, just uh, my guiding. What did you call him? Hmm? What did you call him? I called I call him Frank. Uh, I, I said Frank because most of my decisions were made by my dick well, in those days, like so I, I didn't I didn't worry about. Um, I thought, most shit, of your I thought there was a chance I could actually get into this house and upend whoever it was, man, woman, or beast. Um, security cameras were the least of my least of my concern. So, so in the years to come, yep. going on from the security. When you were walking across the street and you saw a little dim sim on wheels, as uh, Frank Bulpit used to talk about it, Fred Bulpit, and, and you saw it stop and the reversing lights come on, did that ever sort of give you flashbacks? Because there, there was a nasty incident where you saw the reversing lights come back now, and uh, uh, you I, ended up at the Epworth again that night too. I Although you do- found a yard. Now, Doc, I, I am. Uh, this, is a, this is another true story, which I, but I'm... Adverse or averse? Adverse or adverse? Adverse, yeah. Averse. Averse, I think is the word. I'm averse to speaking about this because the person who was involved in backing over me doesn't like me recounting the tale because... doesn't like me recounting the story because... because I'm not aware of that. (laughs) We could move on. No, no, I'm, I'm... I, I don't know why she minds me uh, recounting the story because it's all against me, not against her. But uh, it's a bit of a family matter involved, and um, and and it it, it reflects um, uh, it doesn't reflect well on uh, one of the other people involved in it. So I um, I'm happy. <laughs> but I, suffice to say, I was backed over by uh, someone, 
and um, uh, did scare me while I was lying on the road and saw the reverse lights go on in the car uh, <laughs> I was, uh, and I did vault out of the way as the car sped uh, past me and um, I went to the hospital again so I've yeah. had to a lot of injuries Once again uh, a broken bone To lot. answer your question though he's very jumpy and very nervous when he does hear those reverse, see, reverse I, think he's, <laughs> I think he's getting so, flashbacks and I think this is something Lord Fordham needs to explore he might even have you on the couch and relive some of these. I think he, I think the psychologist would have a real difficult time with him because there's I mean, many more deeper issues. I think Lord Ford will issues. probably just say to him, Sam, stop drinking red cordial. No, you know, I, no I don't This drink. isn't a cross-examination. No, so well done, Doc. So there's two, two things. That's quite, quite true. Now... Go ahead. Um, I don't know if you've got anything you want to say, but we've got a hundred things here. Yes. Um, so... I notice. I don't have an opinion about this. Uh, we get, we get. So the roll, t- roll, roll. The road toll is up, right? Mm. Deaths on the road, terrible. I, well, but but it is. But how 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 ineffective are the campaigns to keep the road toll down? Because they concentrate on the wrong things. Mm. Uh, Stopping people driving, uh, having a speed limit at thirty k through suburbs. And having speed cameras here, and honestly, if you policed uh, people on drugs or drinking while they drive, that's all right. Uh, have the breathalysers. People on the phone. After that, uh, you cannot stop people speeding. I noticed a kid who was twenty-one was found doing hundred and. 60 in an 80 zone, how could you legislate for that? And I, I have an opinion on that. Good. I've been a orthopedic surgeon in Mount Gambier for 38 years and in that time uh, some of the patients that I get are the hoons and also the byproduct of their hooning, the, the innocent victims. Now, I can tell you, I've seen inside the mind of these hoon drivers and I've seen what's between their ears and I'll tell you what's between their ears, Not a much. perfect vacuum nothing nothing is between their ears the only thing they hold dear in life the one thing they hold dear in life is their car not their family not their girlfriend certainly not the victim of their own driving the one thing they have is their car and Mm. i've actually said this to the minister for police in south australia and i think he took it on board i said the one thing you can actually get to them is to actually, uh, and I'm talking about the recidivist driver, not the young kid who makes one mistake and is regretful for it. I'm talking to the guy with a bad record. We need to give our courts, in Victoria too, need to give the police and our courts the power to say, you are a recidivist driver, you are not improving, we are going to not only confiscate your car, your you know your very expensive hooned up vehicle, but we are going to make it a requirement of this court that you attend this facility on, at two o'clock on Friday afternoon and watch your car being crushed in public in front of you, and you can have as many of those cars crushed until your driving improves. It's extreme, extreme uh, from it, you, Doc. That's it is very extreme. extreme. And I'll tell you, I right. said that to the Minister of Police in South in Victoria here when she thought I was actually a Victorian voter and until she found out she turned on her heels and left. But uh, she she thought that was extreme too. Yeah, okay, so but I don't okay, think it is. So, okay, so let's accept that. So why browbeat the rest of the public into... Re- 
ridiculous speed limits uh, in city mm. areas and out in the country. Yeah. It's the people who, that's the 1% of the people who do all these ridiculous things. Right. That how do you legislate? And so how do you legislate? And Against they say, idiots. I mean, that's who appears well, to be the case. They haven't done what I'm proposing them to because they think it's too severe. Too fascist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. I don't think it's too fascist at all. I think it's, it's. Uh, yeah, there, there's it's a just small group simple of drivers, and everyone else pays for it too, because then they want to bring in thirty or whatever. For yeah. the majority of drivers are, are fine. Yeah, but every now and then you'll just see a complete idiot scream past you, and, and the you go, truck. This is why there are accidents. People yeah. who drive the trucks are a disgrace. They use those. They drive those trucks as though they're sedans, oh. and they intimidate people. Uh, by Some of them are real bullies. No, they are. And so why don't they? Crack down on people like that, and uh, I know I know you'll say this is xenophobic, but it's not. But the new arrivals that come to this country who basically can't speak a hell of a lot of English and are probably driven on the wrong side of the road over and where they've come from, uh, uh, seriously, that that they cause more. Uh, we we said this about the we said this and got accused of being racist about. But the RACV brought this out about the. Deaths and the accidents on the Great Ocean Road. They said they were the majority of them were caused by. And they said, I think they actually said that the majority of them were caused by Chinese um, uh, tourists going down the Great Ocean Road who had no idea how to drive, had never driven on that side of the road. And, and people said, "Oh, that's just that is uh, that is racial profiling." It was just a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it racial profiling? It's just a fact. It's, it's a fact. It's a sad fact. And so, I don't know how you... So if you get a licence or you get a permit to do it or if you have an overseas licence and you can, it's trans, transposed over here and you can use it over here, but just nailing people for doing 45 and a 40 zone... And I know. Look, seriously, no, no system is perfect. You've just got to keep trying. Yeah, and, and you have to accept up. a certain level of, you know, there's always going to be accidents, you know what I mean? And there are accidents in every country of the world. And, you know, whether the uh, laws are draconian or whether they're completely lax, because you go to some foreign countries and there are practically no laws at all. In, but, you but, know, like in Thailand or whatever, you can drive around practically doing whatever speed you like just about anywhere. But they there just, are some accidents they just there. Do, they just do the numbers of, of increasing of how many deaths on the road, but they yep. also don't explain the, the, the amount of uh, cars that are on the road because there's so many more cars on the road now mm. that if you do the percentage ratio, it's actually less people are dying on the roads as we speak. Mm. I mean, when I drive on the road, I drive very... I drive. I shouldn't say it. Um, my wife is shocked when I say it. I drive like an old Sheila. And, uh, but I drive very defensively and I assume that everyone else coming up that road is under a- alcohol influence, under drugs, mm-hmm. is a moron, etc., is wanting to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. And I drive extremely defensively. You know, and I think that's what we've got to do. My old man always said... Like an old Sheila, Doctor, yeah? Yeah, no, no, the no, old Sheila's unfortunate. will be... Choice of words. We'll be really like offended old by bozo that. you drive yeah. like. Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> My old man always said you've got to drive the other cars around you in the sense that you should be aware of, you know, what people are doing. Like, you know, obviously you're heading in one direction, but you can just tell. Sometimes a car will just be, you know, and then you give them distance and you look at the people behind you, you know, they can also be coming up in a ridiculous way. I mean, as best you can, you can't see everything. Now, I have actually got a, a question here without notice actually for Susan OAM. Ooh. And oh. she will have an opinion on this because, I mean, she was a great athlete. She is a great athlete. Um, you see, I'm, I'm a little offended by uh, beach volleyball for women 
where they absolutely insist. Beach volleyball for men is the Olympics. They can wear whatever they like, you know, shorts, whatever. Whereas beach volleyball for women, they have to wear a bikini bottom with the side no, no wider than I think it's about two centimetres. Mm-hmm. The last time I checked. I personally look at them and I say these people are athletes and they should be allowed to wear whatever they want to wear when they're performing their athletics, not by, by the rules, so they have to wear a bikini bottom. S- Susan OAM, what do you think about that? Is that your opinion? You don't like seeing these women in bikinis? So is that a requirement? If you're a beach volleyball girl, time. woman, yeah. you, you, you must wear bikinis. So you're complaining about this. Is, is, that, is that a requirement of the sport? I the last time I checked, that was a requirement <laughs> of the sport. Really? But not for men. Men can wear what they want. Yes, I know. Whereas women have to wear a bikini bottom. Now, what do you think uh, that's the reason for that, Doc? I have no idea. it's such idea. a boring sport, no one would watch it unless they're looking at people's asses and tits. <laughs> well, that's, that's right. It has been a sport that for some reason has attracted me for some reason. Yeah, I still think it's offensive to insist that these women, mm. they've singled out the women, have to wear this. They don't treat them as athletes. They're, treating, they're saying you have to wear a bikini bottom mm. because it's beach volleyball. It's not good for the, for the ratings, mate. So it's, that's what it's all about. No. Sex oh, sells stock. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Just well, let me tell you. Well, what do you think? Well, let me tell you. When I was competing, mm. we used to have pretty much well, wouldn't have even been a two-inch uh, bikini on the side, so we were pretty skimpy. Did you have to wear that? Uh, no, it was just uh, just what we all did. I that's suppose what you chose to that's wear. what we all chose to wear. It was yeah. sort of the thing that it was, you don't want and it was always on ticket. Restricting you in your movement. Absolutely, you wouldn't yes, want yes. Big baggy shorts while you're trying to do what you do. Well, when it rides up, it just stays there, so it doesn't matter what, what size it is. But <laughs> how delightful. <laughs> but, but it was always on TV, and it was, the sport grew and everything. Then they tried to make it into a real sport, uh, which gymnastics then took it out, and then they made you not be able to wear a two-piece or show skin. They made you cover up, and then you couldn't have it above the hip line of your, of your pants, uh, so you show your legs, and then it was no longer seen on TV. So what destroyed the sport? Whereas today you don't really hear about it because they tried to make it into a real sport and think that they, you have to girls have to cover up, whereas we were in the skimpiest of outfits, but it had so much publicity. So by the end of the day, I think sex sells, and sometimes mm, in the, sadly, the sports when they're growing, sadly, when they're growing, it's not necessarily sad. You can look at it on the positive side. You know, I, I don't think I'm going to complain about skimpy women's outfits. Yeah, well, I, I just wanted to treat them not as women but as athletes. And that's oh, all I'm saying. Well, you have to have a team uniform, I suppose. Like if you have like the hockey ruse and if you all had skirts, then what happens if you don't want to wear a skirt? And so it's just so hard to please everyone, I suppose. So get over it, I reckon. Doc, uh, doc who do you think you're fooling, mate? Yeah, I know it's a great <laughs> subject to talk about. Uh, you love watching the women play uh, beach volleyball and you wouldn't Video watch it unless if they became any more had any more substantial gear on you wouldn't watch it at all you only watch it to see the uh, the, the to to to, I, to I, I believe I would I'll, but anyway that's I'll have uh, to ask Natalie Cook and Kerry Potthurst who were the Olympic champions there I'll have to get yeah, uh, yes, a comment from them mm. yeah get a comment from them do you think it's uh, do you think that is in itself is an olympic sport Volley, beach volleyball. Absolutely. Right, good, well done. I think they're, very, they're great athletes. Are they? Mm. Now, you did mention that the 26th of uh, January is coming up, oh, Australia Day. Yeah. See, and we've got over here Susan OAM. Yeah. 
personally, I think she's been OEM for long enough. I think she needs an upgrade. I think she should be Susan AO or OA, AM and ultimately AC. So that eventually, in a couple of years' time, you're going to have to refer to her as Susan OAM, OA, AO, AM, AC. Yeah, and her name is Suzanne Michelle Stanley, so she's SMS. <laughs> SMS AO. That's an acronym. AE. And SMS is not an acronym. An acronym is only something you can pronounce. SMS. Smith. It's a test. No, it's Smith. That's not an acronym. And ultimately, I would like to see her Susan Michelle Stanley, Governor of Victoria. I think oh, that's settle, pedal. Jesus, you're elevating me to the victory. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, I? man. I? <laughs> I only just Baroness. met you. Come on. Baroness. 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 Yeah. Oh, I can't be Dame. better than a Lord. Lord Fordham. No, you can't be Lord, but you, that equivalent is Baroness. Baroness. You'd have to have an operation to be Lord Fordham, but that's right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that you do have to have an operation, which is an interesting thing you bring up, uh, uh, Doc. Uh, I see... You just feel like it. Some of the states, exactly, some of the states in America... Uh, now, this is a new law coming in, that gender-neutral toys, it is mandatory to have gender-neutral toys in the larger department stores coming this year, and also restrooms that are regularly used by students, by boys and girls, must have tampons and pads available for either the boys or the girls. That's, that's the new law coming in in some of the states in America that if you are a boy or a girl and you use the same restrooms, uh, you must accommodate for both genders by having tampons, uh, saying that if you are a boy and you're, trans you're, you're transitioning or pretending you're a girl, you must have tampons and pads available. And they're only catching up with the French. The French have had unisex bathrooms... Four decades. No, this is not unisex bathrooms. This is not about unisex. Oh. This is about... No, that's... Transgender. This we're, is we're transgender. Hmm? The we're, transgender You and I would be excluded. This is, this is about transgender... Politics. Politics, saying that uh, if you're a male trans, tr pretending you're a woman or vice versa, uh, you must have the choice of having tampons or pads in your um, bathroom. And it says... Between boys and girls, and it says between the grades of 4 to 12. 4 to 12, you must have pads and tampons available for both sexes if you choose. But people don't menstruate before 12. What, what the hell do they need? That's well, that's, that's, I've just got that off. That is what the new laws in some of the states are, Doc. Look, my wife is American. Um, is she? Yes, yeah, she is. Oh. She came from New York. We won't, we won't hold that against her. No, no. She's, she's a, she's a, I love Americans. Uh, it's an interesting country. I, I fear for them. I think the worst thing that could happen, and I'm really treading on uh, very dangerous ground here, the worst thing that could happen is when we come to the next election, we could have Sleepy Joe going up against uh, uh, Trump, and I know you love Trump. I, I think... Th I just can't imagine... What, what is America doing? They're 300 million and they've got a, a guy in his late 70s up against a guy in his early 80s. I mean, surely, surely they have two people from opposite sides of politics who could actually be up against each other. And I, I've, I just look at that and I go, what on earth are they thinking? Well, who would be stronger internationally than uh, Trump? Mm-hmm. 
Nikki Haley. Would be so she'd built. Um, she would get um, Putin and Zelensky together. She would get uh, Kim Jong Il. Uh, from North Korea uh, together and say, stop firing rockets at us. He, she would belt uh, um, he, she, he, Iran and say, if you touch one of our soldiers, uh, you, will, uh, you won't know what's hit you. She would do all that, would she? Because that, that's what Trump did, and uh, not one serviceman was killed under Trump's watch while he was uh, the President of the United States. I think she's tough enough to do that. The one thing she would do, and I know that you would disagree with this, she would not walk away from the Ukraine. And I think it's very important for the West, America, Europe. It's mainly European war. There's 760 million Europeans, and it's really their war. It's a pity that America, 300 million, have to do the heavy lifting along with... Well, why Britain. are they doing the heavy lifting? I mean, because what's the point they, of fighting, you know, there? I yes, mean, it's obviously the a war they can't of win. sending billions of dollars worth of... can't win it. I mean, it's basically a, a NATO provocation against Russia. The, the, I don't think we should allow uh, Russia to walk into a sovereign country and take it over. Because if yeah, they do like, that, they're going to do Russia it Russia was promised um, at the end of when the Berlin Wall came down, it was promised that NATO would not move further um, towards its border. And it's moved so close, you know, that obviously they want Ukraine to join it. And that was a kind of deal breaker for them, you know, because it's basically to do with Russian security. You know, and also there's a lot of ethnic Russians were living in, um, you know, is it, is it the Western Ukraine? Yeah, the Devants. Yeah, the Donbass and places yeah. like this. So, you know, I mean, Putin constantly said, and there was a coup in 2014 where a whole, you know, a whole bunch of globalists, you know, like this, um, you know, Newland woman who was like, you know, part of the, uh, you know, Obama regime. She went in there, they, they th overthrow the kind of pro-Russian um, Ukrainian leader and installed, you know, a, a virulently anti-Russian um, you know, basically, in a coup in 2014, and then they've been, um, you know, basically pushing for war with Russia I, ever since. And as soon as the pandemic ended, it, it started. I don't believe. I don't believe the majority of Ukrainians uh, want to be Russians. And what, what kind of person burns their country to the to the ground to rule over the ashes? I think it was Confucius that said that was just pure evil. I mean, but what's going to be left of the Ukraine? It's after the Russians all this? who are burning that to the ground. Now, boys. Yes. Uh, what we're doing is, uh, we, with the people who listen to this, we think have an attention span of not much further than what we're doing. But we're coming back with... Um, these are some of the things we're coming back with from my point of view, and, Doc, you've got plenty of them. Uh, we're coming back with... Um, uh, we believe that the climate is being altered deliberately by uh, seeding um, storms. Cloud, uh, so cloud seeding. Suits yeah. it cloud seeding. We, we believe this. It's not... the. Grand Prix, they're starting to erect the stands now. Why don't they just leave most of them up for the whole year? Mm -hmm. uh, land tax, uh, people are getting over the uh, land tax uh, levy down on the coast, uh, down in the uh, upper echelon areas by uh, planting olive trees and becoming hobby farmers to escape the land tax. Uh, yeah, I know you don't believe that, but that's a fact. Um, uh, we're coming back with um, um, a whole lot of different things about um, what makes this planet go round. Um, uh, I notice uh, Sally Cap uh, is refusing to give the money back that she's been driven around in the limousine. Why wouldn't she get on public transport because uh, it's free in the city? Uh, your public transport here is fabulous. Yes. I'm a South Australian and your public transport is the one thing would almost have made me vote for Daniel Andrews. Not quite, but your public transport is fabulous. And I'm a senior and I go everywhere in Victoria 
for $4.60 all day. I could ride the rails all day for $4.60. Well done, Victoria. And the pilot in the helicopter that uh, crashed and killed a few people up in Sydney had cocaine. uh, Traces. Traces of cocaine. They don't think it was significant enough. Uh, Cocaine exists, uh, stays in your body for several days and you can pick it up uh, on the nanometers for traces. Right. Wouldn't probably w- so didn't you think that's tra- a bit of a furphy there? I, I, well, the, the forensic uh, guy who's been talking about that has already said, uh, yes, it, we suspected the trace there through the spectroscope, but it's not uh, significant enough to, uh, to affect, uh, affect impair his judgment. To cause the accident. Yes, oh, well, that's good then. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up. Because that sounded as though he was high but on coke while he's flying the plane. But I've got a lot to say about land tax, I'll hmm? tell you. I've got a lot to say about land tax when you come back. Right, well, we're coming back, and uh, so that's it. Well, well done, so here we go. Mm-hmm.